This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Equipment Defender. Check out the racks that stop theft in its tracks. With trimmer racks available in two, three, and four trimmer configurations, backpack blower racks that fit any size, make, and model of backpack blower, and many other racks available for the tools and equipment needed for your lawn care or landscaping business. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash equipment defender. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 126, entitled jobs you can do in the off season. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week as always. And of course, for the questions and comments that you guys have been sending through. Uh, so on this week's episode, uh, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about some of the jobs that you can do if you so choose uh, when the actual lawn mowing season is over. Um, so like I said, I thought this would be appropriate with the uh, wrap up coming here uh, soon of the 2017 lawn care season for my business, at least. I know some of you guys have, uh, you know, been wrapping up your lawn mowing already uh, a bit earlier. And uh, some of you may be uh, extending uh, your season or having your season uh, just really getting underway if you're uh, on the other side or other part of the world. Uh, but for here in uh, North America, generally, for most uh, areas, I would say, other than uh, maybe a select uh, uh, section of uh, the southern United States, um, you know, this pretty much uh, November is pretty much the wrap up of most of the lawn care uh, that, uh, is required for the 2017 season. Uh, and like I said, in my own business, uh, this is pretty much what I'm going through at the moment. Um, for the past, uh, 12 years that I've been in uh, business, I would say that of, uh, those 12 years, uh, 10, um, I would say the season would have wrapped up by now um, with Halloween, October 31st, usually marking uh, the last week of lawn mowing on average. And I would say that a lot of years, uh, you know, uh, you're sort of midway through October and just trying to stretch it out to, to get to that Halloween marker. But uh, I don't know what it is, if it's uh, global warming or, uh, you know, what it might be. But uh, for the last three years consecutively, uh, this year uh, in included, so the past two years plus this season, um, the lawn mowing is still continually going. I know that last year I was able to continually mow all the way up to December. And uh, it looks like, uh, you know, that may be the case here again this year. Uh, we did have a freak sort of one day snow uh, storm that hit uh, about a week or so ago that delayed uh, all my aerations and stuff that I was uh, in the middle of uh, trying to get done, all the final sort of uh, fall aerations and uh, putting down the fall fertilizer and uh, lime and stuff like that. 
so I had a bit of a delay of one week um, waiting for that to clear up uh, to be able to continue. But then the uh, temperatures kind of uh, climbed back up a little bit, uh, not uh, super warm, but uh, enough that I'm still uh, wearing shorts uh, on a daily basis while I'm working uh, and uh, still mowing lawns. And uh, because of that mild weather, the lawns are still growing. Um, you know, there are a handful of clients, of course, where you know, they're, uh, that, uh, subset of your client list or my client list, I should say, uh, where they don't want fertilizer. They don't want aerating. They don't want anything other than just mow it. And, uh, you know, I mow it on a weekly basis only because that's my, uh, company policy. And, uh, you know, if it was up to them, uh, they'd probably have me mowing it, you know, uh, every two weeks or once a month or something like that. Um, but, uh, because, uh, I don't offer that. Uh, I only offer a weekly service. You know, uh, I, uh, I'm able to mow those, uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, so those are the types of ones where by this part of the year, uh, they are definitely done. Uh, ones where clients might be coming out and, uh, you know, uh, asking or uh, hinting to me, uh, you know, uh, when's, when's the lawn mowing season end, uh, sort of thing, even though, uh, you know, I may be, uh, you know, still uh, taking, um, you know, some off the top in certain areas of their lawn, but it's definitely not consistent throughout the whole lawn. Uh, and there's some yards, of course, where you might have, um, you know, a backyard that grows really, really well, uh, but then the front yard is not growing or vice versa. Uh, so I still continue to visit those on a weekly basis because you're still doing, uh, you know, that part of the lawn. I'm, I'm still mowing the whole lawn, front and back, uh, for those types of clients. Um, but uh the visit is justified because it is still growing uh, on a regular basis. Now, you know, other than that, for every other client that I do the aerations for, that I do all the fertilizing treatments, the liming and all that sort of stuff, um, and overseeding, those lawns are still super green. I, in fact, this past week... Um, here on uh, this past Saturday, uh, I was up, um, you know, early in the morning uh, downstairs and I was making breakfast uh, for the family. And my uh, daughter came down and we were just chit-chatting and stuff. And then uh, I happened to look out the window uh, at my own backyard. Uh, and of course, being, uh, you know, uh, a landscape business owner, a lawn care business owner, um I pretty much try to do as much as I can to my own lawn. Um, so, you know, if I'm aerating that week for other clients, then I'll usually aerate my own lawn. If I'm putting fertilizers down, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm basically following my own uh, prescription of uh, what a healthy and nice lawn looks like. Uh, so anyways, I was, uh, you know, chit-chatting with my daughter and I looked out the window and I said, look at that lawn. So that looks fantastic. I can't believe that, you know, we're almost, uh, you know, a couple of weeks away from December and that lawn looks like it's springtime. It's still growing. It's super green. Uh, you know, it looks fantastic. Uh, and, uh, my daughter was just chuckling and, uh, you know, laughing about, uh, the fact that I was taking so much pride in the fact that my, uh, lawn looked so great this late in the season. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, generally, um, you know, 
what's been happening these last three years, and it's, it really is unusual. Um, but uh, looking forward, the uh, end of the season, of course, is inevitable. Um, so at this point, like I said, I uh, have been able to wrap up all of my aerations, uh, wrap up the fertilizers and liming and all that. Uh, and now just continually working week to week, um, mowing the lawns that uh, still need it. Um, and of course, all of the leaf cleanups uh, that have been happening. Um, if you guys haven't already checked out uh, my YouTube channel, I would, um, you know, of course, encourage you guys to do that. And uh, of course, to uh, subscribe uh, to me on YouTube. But uh, I put a video of uh, doing uh, my very first uh, leaf cleanup. Uh, using the turf tracer. Now, of course, not my very first leaf cleanup ever. I've been doing leaf cleanups for 12 years, but the very first one using uh, that particular machine. And I decided to uh, bring the camera along and just start recording and just, you know, see, um, you know, what I ran into um, being, you know, the very first time uh, hitting a lawn that I knew would be, uh, super, super heavy, uh, covered in leaves. And, um, ironically, I got a couple of, uh, comments on the video already from people saying that's a lot of leaves, uh, in that video and in those areas, uh, with that lawn where the leaves were, uh, because of that snow dump, that one day snow dump, it knocked a whole bunch of leaves all at once. Um, now the trees above were still probably 50% full, I would say at least. Uh, but there was a whole bunch where normally week to week to week, it's just a gradual, uh, a bit of them falling and I'm just, you know, mowing them up, mulching them. Or now that I switched to the bagging on the turf tracer, uh, just cleaning it up that way. Um, but, uh, this was one case where, you know, I had taken the mulch kit off. I uh, had the uh, bagger kit installed, but I still had the uh, gator mulching blades on the turf tracer. And I got to this house and uh, I'm looking at all these leaves and uh, about two minutes into uh, trying to, um, you know, mow or pick up and bag these leaves. I was like, am I in over my head with this uh, machine uh, trying to do this job? Um and, uh, yeah, so it was pretty funny, uh, to be, uh, going, okay, you know, I got to think of a new plan here. What's plan B. Um, and, uh, just to make the long, long story short, I ended up, uh, just deciding to let the bagger kit, uh, clog because I didn't have a side or a sort of like a grass flap or a side, um, like a discharge blocker, uh, or shoot blocker or anything like that for that particular machine. I just had the bagger kit. Um, but I noticed that as I was bagging the leaves, once the bag was full, then it would start to obviously clog up, uh, but I still had the mulching blade. So then it would uh, essentially start to mulch the leaves again, but it was just leaving them all over the ground. Um, but it was doing a really good job mulching. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to leave the bagger kit clogged. Uh, and full, and I'm just going to go all over these leaves over and over and over, uh, until I can mulch them up really, really fine. And then I will empty out the bag and then put the empty bag back on and see if it'll vacuum up all of the uh, mulched um, leaves. Uh, so I tried that strategy and lo and behold, it worked fantastically. Uh, and, um, you know, once I discovered, uh, you know, that I could do that with the turf tracer in that sort of sense, um, you know, I was able to uh, fairly uh, efficiently and quickly bang off the rest of that job. 
And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to this week because I know, um, you know, this uh, past weekend's been pretty windy. And, uh, you know, a lot of that uh, 50% of those leaves that were still on those trees are probably going to be down there and ready for me to uh, try again. So I'm um, excited to see uh, going at it again this week. knowing what I know or what I learned from last week using it, that if I just employ that strategy right from the beginning, just, you know, put the bagger on, start bagging until it clogs, but then just continue on and go over the whole uh, entire yard, uh, just completely pulverizing and mulching up all those leaves. And then once that's all done, then emptying the bag, putting the bag empty back on and then just vacuuming up uh, all of the tiny uh, uh, little leaves. So if you haven't checked out that video, uh, you guys uh, are obviously welcome to do that. You can head over to the YouTube channel uh, at youtube.com forward slash lawn care business success. You can find it there. Uh, And uh, I think it's uh, currently um, the second uh, video. If you're listening to this episode uh, when it's uh, coming out uh, close to the release date of this episode it would be the sort of second video down uh, as as far as most recent videos go Um, so yeah if you guys want to check that out and don't forget to uh, subscribe and uh, like the videos if you do I'm going to be catching up on a bunch of uh, review videos that I've been meaning to do Um, but uh, generally with the reviews, I've decided that I don't really want to put out, you know, I've had a bunch of companies that have sent me out products. As most of you guys know, I've showcased them on Instagram. I've talked about uh, some of them on the podcast. Um, but I didn't want to do reviews after just getting products, um, you know, after a week or two weeks or so. I really wanted to be able to use uh, the things and sort of give long-term reviews, Um and honestly break them down uh, and let you know, you know, what failures I've experienced with those uh, pieces of equipment or those tools or those items um, over the long term. Uh, so, you know, I had a bunch of products that have been sent to me throughout the year. I haven't really done much with the review videos, but now that we're at the end of the season, um, I have been um, collecting footage throughout the season of me using those uh, machines and products uh, throughout the year. Um, so I'll be putting out uh, now over the course of uh, the winter here, uh, be putting out on a regular basis uh, uh, some uh, YouTube videos more consistently on a lot of that stuff and giving you the sort of the long term impressions of how um, I feel about these uh, tools and how they've served me uh, in my business uh, this past year. So uh, look forward to those. And like I say, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel uh, to be um, you know in the loop on those ones. So I'm just going to break for the podcast announcements. And then we're going to talk about, um, you know, the types of jobs that you can do uh, once your lawn care season is wrapped up for the year. And, uh, you know, if uh, you're not um, one to want to be sitting around and resting, uh, what sorts of things could you concentrate on at that point? All right. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. And while you're there, why not join my mailing list and get access to a free PDF document of a landscape maintenance contract you can feel free to copy and use in your own business. 
For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at Lawn Care Business Success. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and one free audiobook of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during the trial period, you get to keep your free audiobook. It's a great way to try the service and see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so before the break, I was talking about, um, you know, the end of the season wrapping up here in 2017. And uh, as the title uh, of this episode alluded to, uh, I want to talk about some of the jobs that you can do and or essentially the jobs that I have done in the past um, during the off season, during the slow time uh, when there's no more lawn mowing to do. Um, so you know, there's a bunch of things that you can do if you're uh, so inclined, and it really depends on your geographical area. Now, of course, if you're into an area that gets snow, then that's going to be obviously the number one uh, job that you can do in the off season if you are, uh, you know, no longer in an area that requires mowing year round. So if you're in an area that gets snow, obviously this is my number one recommended choice. Not only um, can it be pretty consistent in certain areas, depending on where you live, um, but it can be high dollar, uh, a high dollar service uh, that can be done. Um, and, uh, you know, there's so many different niches uh, in snow removal. Uh, for example, um, you know, you can put a plow on your truck and do parking lots. Um, if you're a bigger landscape company and you've got bobcats or things like ex- uh, like excavator type things that you could uh, maybe utilize, um, putting uh, blades and stuff on, you could do that. Um, but if you don't have heavy equipment, um, you know, not all is lost. You might have an ATV uh, that you can uh, put a blade on and utilize there, or even, uh, you know, some certain um, uh, garden tractors, lawn tractors you might have around. Um, I'm not sure if you can put uh, uh, blades on zero turns. I'm, I don't know if I've seen that uh, yet, uh, but certainly on uh, garden tractors and stuff like that, you can uh, uh, put uh, blades and stuff on that to do maybe some light duty residential uh, type uh, work. And then, of course, if you don't want to invest in something like uh, snow plows and things for your truck, then, um, you know, a snowblower would be the next uh, best thing. Uh, so, you know, in my own lawn care business, I never did have a proper uh, plow or snow plow for my truck. Uh, and partly, um, you know, part of the reason for that uh, was just uh, the type of truck I have. I've got a 2005 GMC uh, Sierra. Uh, it's an HD, a three-quarter ton HD diesel. Uh, but uh, there's something uh, when I inquired early on years ago um, that that particular year truck um, was not recommended to have a plow on it. And it has something to do 
with suspension. I don't know if it's because it has torsion bar suspension in the front and not proper springs and stuff. Um, but there was something there that for that particular uh, truck, uh, a, a plow at least, uh, at least a heavy duty plow was not recommended. Uh, so I ended up getting a very light duty plow, um, and more for only my own personal use, um, in, uh, getting to, uh, make myself parking spots basically when I was at somewhere, uh, that I needed to go because in certain past years, um, you know, I would take my snowblower and I would go do sidewalk clearing and clear residential driveways and stuff. And I would just use the snowblower. And this worked uh, fantastically. I had a, a two-stage craftsman snowblower. Um, but uh, the problem I was finding as the winter wore on and more and more snow would accumulate and, you know, the snow wasn't melting on those certain years is that, uh, you know, as the city street plows would go by, you know, they're pushing snow off to the sides uh, where generally uh, you would have parking on the streets. And, uh, you know, like I said, as time wore on, there'd be less and less places to be able to park. Uh, and some of these, um, you know, piles of snow were quite uh, large and there was like nowhere uh, people are scrambling for parking spots. So that year I ended up getting this uh, very light duty uh, plow for my truck. Um, like I say, it's just a personal use plow. It's called a snow sport. Um, it just goes on the front of a, a class three receiver hitch uh, that you have on the front of your uh, vehicle. Um, and it uh, just goes in, in that. It's very, very simple. Uh, it's not powered or anything. Uh, you have to actually manually drop it down uh, uh, before you start pushing snow. And when you're done uh, and you want to leave, you can uh, manually lift it. Now, um, as most of you guys know me, being mechanically inclined and stuff like that, I didn't last too long with that and ended up, uh, you know, fabricating a, uh, a winch system for it to be able to automatically lift it and lower it from the inside of the truck. Uh, and it worked fantastically. But uh, that's all I would use it for is just to clear out sections beside, you know, a street uh, so that I could pull my truck in uh, and not be, you know, out in the middle uh, of the road when cars are trying to drive by. Uh, and it was funny because every time I would, you know, finish a job and leave, then people would be scrambling trying to uh, take that parking spot that I just had cleared from my own truck uh, and, uh, you know, try to get in there. Uh, but, uh, you know, those are some of the things that you can do. For me, the... Um, snow clearing with the snow blower. Uh, I did mainly residential, but I also uh, was getting subcontracted off of uh, another company that had a lot of commercial contracts and they had all of their um, b uh, bobcats and things like that doing and trucks with plows and salters and stuff doing all the parking lots. But they would subcontract me um, and, a, and a bunch of other people as well. Uh, but I would go in with my own snowblower and uh, just do the side, the perimeter sidewalks uh, in front of all the stores and, uh, uh, you know, the main sidewalks on the city uh, around these parking lots and like strip malls and things like that. And I did that for a few years. Uh, and that was uh, certainly uh, pretty lucrative uh, when I was doing it. Now... I would point out, though, if you are thinking about um, doing any sort of snow clearing, whether it's, uh, 
you know, even just using your own shovel and not a snowblower, uh, because that certainly is a viable option if you're uh, particularly in a city, is you can just shovel driveways. Um, but just remember that um, you do take on the liability um, when it comes to shoveling sidewalks uh, or snow clearing in general. And that I would definitely recommend that you make sure you have proper uh, insurance coverage in place uh, to cover somebody in case of a slip and fall, um, somebody hurts themselves, uh, because that will come back to you as being the contractor that was hired to make sure that that uh, sidewalk or driveway or uh, what have you uh, was cleared properly and salted and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so just something to think about. Um, especially, particularly, you know, it becomes uh, and can become very, um, you know, uh, stressful at times. Uh, you know, if you're uh, got a list of properties that you're trying to hit, um, there's times where it's like blizzard like conditions and you get to that first place and you clear it, then you head off to the second place. Well, that first place, by the time you get to that second place, is probably already covered again. And uh, you may have a list of six, seven, eight, nine, ten properties or something that you're trying to get to. Um, and by the time you finish the rounds of that first round and you're at the last property, that first property is like completely covered. Um, and there's like no time for break. There's no time for nothing. You're back uh, clearing that first property. And that uh, that's where that liability sort of comes into play. Because even though you cleared it and you cleaned it, you know, you're off to those next few properties to get those ones done. And that snow is coming down faster than you can, you know, uh, keep up with it. Uh, you know, and if somebody hurts themselves and stuff, you are the one that's responsible because you were hired and you uh, accepted that responsibility to, you know, clear, do the, the clearing for that job. So just something to think about uh, if you guys are thinking about that sort of thing. Now, in you know, less drastic conditions, uh, if it's a sort of a more mild area or in between snow, um, maybe not quite freezing, which is what we get here, uh, where it's mainly just wet and rainy and stuff like that. Um, gutter cleaning. This is another uh, fantastic uh, time of year to do something like that, because, of course, with all the rain uh, in the fall sort of seasons, a lot of gutter problems will uh, present themselves. So leaky gutters, overflowing gutters, and all that sort of stuff. I had one this week, uh, as a matter of fact, with a customer asking me if I could uh, clean their gutters uh, to put me on the my list of uh, jobs to do. Uh, and they were telling me that it was overflowing here and there and, and all sorts of stuff. So uh, that's one of the jobs I'm going to be getting to uh, once I wrap up uh, these lawns is just to start uh, clearing, uh, uh, doing some gutter cleaning. So again, you know, depending on the types of houses you service, the types of properties, um, you know, when I was uh, younger, I was doing, uh, you know, and more, um, what would you say, more hungry for work, uh, a lot more hungry than I am now. Um, you know, I would do uh, gutter cleaning jobs that were a little more out of my comfort zone as far as, you know, a two-story house or something like that. Now, you know, as I get older, and knowing that, you know, if I hurt myself and that sort of stuff, it's not really worth the risk to me. Um, I sort of limit my, um, you know, the risk factor. So I'll only do gutter cleaning jobs now on single story uh, rancher style houses. Uh, ones where I can easily get up and get down. Um, and uh, ones where if I were to uh, fall, um, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't get 
seriously hurt, um, but there's probably less chance you can, um, you know, sometimes sort of brace yourself or uh, try to fall or jump off the roof or something like, like that if you're on a roof. And if it's one story, you know, you're only like uh, nine or 10 feet up. Um, so, you know, you might hurt yourself, um, but uh, a lot less risky than, say, if you were on a two-story roof uh, doing something like that. So gutter cleaning is uh, something that you can do. Um, and there's so many different um, ways to do it. I did an episode about gutter cleaning. Uh, so I would encourage you guys to uh, check the archives for that one if you want to uh, sort of uh, listen to and go over the different um, you know, methods uh, that you can use uh, to do uh, certain types of gutter cleaning. Now, another one uh, job that I like to do uh, at this time of year um, to utilize, you know, what I have with me, um, and that is, you know, my trailer, my truck, um, and that is uh, doing rubbish removal. Now, this is one that, you know, can be very, very profitable. Um, of course, I've talked about, uh, you know, the when 800 got junks of the world, uh, and all of the other uh, tons and tons of companies I've seen pop up uh, copying their uh, formula. Um, and that's because it is super lucrative to just go collect people's junk, particularly if you have, um, you know, sort of policies in place where you're not actually doing the cleanup or anything. It's just, you know, they have uh, the homeowner or business has all the junk already piled up in a certain area for you and you're just picking it up there. Uh, you're not, you know, going through people's stuff and uh, trying to do it that way. It's just, uh, it's all ready for you to go uh, pretty much almost curbside pickup uh, sort of idea. Um, so this can be super lucrative. I've done tons and tons of jobs where I've been able to recycle stuff. Um, I've been able to uh, utilize uh, things for myself that people are throwing away. Um, all the while, they're still paying me the full price for me to take it away and take it to the dump. Uh, you know, and you can still find ways to uh, increase your profit, like I say, by tearing things down, uh, recycling whatever you can, you know, metal and things like that, um, you know, and getting some extra side profit from things like that, like scrap metal and things. Uh, and uh, just a really good um, way to keep yourself, uh, keep some income going throughout the winter uh, and utilizing uh, your truck and your trailer, uh, you know, things that you already have. It doesn't require any more investment, just requires you uh, just basically letting your clients know about it. Now, I did another uh, interview or sorry, not interview, another a uh, podcast episode all about rubbish removal. Um, so again, uh, if you guys want to uh, hear some of the stories and, uh, you know, um, some of the methods that I've used for rubbish removal, uh, check the uh, archives for that uh, episode as well. Um, so another thing, obviously, that is more seasonal uh, is Christmas lights. Uh, now, this is one that we did a lot uh, of before uh, the first few years. And I say uh, we because uh, when I was doing Christmas lights, um, I generally would always do them with a partner. Uh, and in most cases, it was my brother-in-law. Um, and we would, uh, you know, just uh, get uh, as many jobs as we could and we would work on them together. So if I had three or four clients that wanted Christmas lights and he had three or four clients that wanted Christmas lights, then we would just do them all together and work uh, with each other on each of them. 
Some of them were a lot crazier than others. We had some that were, uh, you know, really, really tall, th- a three-story uh, house on one of them uh, that required a 32-foot step ladder, I think it was, um, or a 32-foot extension ladder. Uh, and we had to go and rent uh, a large ladder because we only had, uh, I think, 20-footers uh, with us. And, uh, you know, doing crazy things like that were, um, you know, in one case, I think my brother-in-law, who's more of the uh, more comfortable with heights, he would go up and start hanging lights. I would have everything ready to go at the bottom, making sure that if we're reusing lights, that they're not tangled, that all the bulbs are working, all that sort of stuff. Um, and we would have like two ladders set up and he would generally, you know, he'd go up the ladder, start hanging lights. And when he got to as far as he could sort of reach, I would have the other ladder right up beside him, um, you know, like a foot or so away. And he would step, instead of coming all the way down the ladder, he would step across onto the next ladder and then he'd start hanging the lights there. And then I would take the, the other, uh, ladder that was already there and leapfrog over him and get it ready for him to step over onto again. And, uh, you know, just trying to be super efficient. Um, and so some, sometimes some crazy jobs when it was, uh, you know, some bigger houses that would just take so long to go up and down the ladder all the time. Uh, we just, uh, found ways to sort of make it work, uh, and utilize each other's strengths, uh, as far as that goes. Um, now, of course, leaf cleanups and garden cleanups, uh, would be next on the list. Um, you know, these are jobs that, of course, you probably have tools that you can utilize, like blowers, a backpack blower, a handheld blower. But of course, this is, these are jobs as well that, um, you know, you can get by with a $5 rake if you had to. Uh, and some, uh, maybe some gloves uh, to put on optionally. Um, and, uh, you know, you can either... Uh, uh, use um, yard waste bags that they sell um, or uh, yard waste bins. Uh, in some cities, they have those. You know, I know in my city, that's what they have. They have yard waste bins for every house uh, where you can dump all your green waste into, so leaves and grass clippings and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and if you fill that bin, then you can use these like brown paper. They look like the lunch bags, uh, but they're just supersized, oversized ones, the size of a garbage can. Uh, and you can fill as many of those as you want up and have them on the curb ready for the city to pick up. Uh, now this is talking like you are just starting out. You have, um, you know, nothing, you don't have a pickup truck. You don't have nothing. These are the types of jobs that you could still do. You could still be advertising yourself to go and do these garden cleanups, pulling weeds, um, you know, for the winter, cleaning up people's uh, gardens. Uh, you get uh, yourself a cheap rake, five, you know, in most cases you can pick up a cheap rake for, you know, five, six bucks at Home Depot. Um, and uh, you can start uh, just raking the leaves and cleaning out the beds and all that sort of stuff. If you do have a uh, blower, uh, a handheld blower or something like that, uh, obviously whatever you have that you can use uh, would just make the jobs more efficient and more easy. Um, but, you know, things that, you know, long after the grass is gone that you can still do. Now, of course, there's hedge trimming, uh, pruning, uh, and all that sort of stuff can still be done. Um, you know, trimming evergreens and things like that, uh, you can pretty much do, uh, all year long as well. Uh, 
Um, and uh, they're just things that, uh, you know, I'll utilize as long as the weather isn't too bad. There, there comes a point where, uh, for me at least, there's that threshold of, you know what, it's just way too cold and, you know, I just don't want to do it anymore. Uh, and I do uh, absolutely enjoy the off-season. Um for the most part, I do enjoy that downtime uh, when it's nasty outside uh, here where I live. It's, you know, constantly raining uh, and all that. And, uh, you know, it's just nice for a change to not have to, you know, worry about going out there. But that winter fund is the key to that, uh, you know, saving up for the winter and then budgeting throughout the winter uh, to make sure you can pay your bills uh, when your, you know, the income isn't coming in. But, you know, as soon as the weather's nice and it's a sunny day, then I'll be out there, uh, you know, utilizing or doing whatever I can. Now, of course, once December hits, uh, sort of mid-December, getting closer to, um, you know, the Christmas break. It all depends on when the kids are off uh, for Christmas break. Uh, but once that hits, then I'm usually... Um, pretty relaxed and I will usually then take, uh, uh, that time off there. That'll, you know, that really marks the end for me, uh, because I don't do snow anymore. Um, so then I'll, uh, you know, wrap it up there and call it, uh, a year and, uh, then enjoy the time off, uh, you know, with the whole family at home, um, for the Christmas break, um, into the new year. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I'll start thinking about doing, um, you know, the advertising. I'll work on the website um, and, uh, you know, do all the updates and things I need for the website. If I want to add photos and videos and things like that, um, you know, that's a great time to start doing that. Of course, then uh, your tax season comes and there's all that to think about. So there's still plenty to keep you busy throughout the year. There's still plenty of uh, uh, jobs. There's other things uh, I'm sure that, um, uh, you know, uh, you could s sit down and think of certain jobs that you could do and utilize that extra time. Uh, and this was just a, you know, a brief handful of jobs just to get you guys going, get you guys thinking of different possibilities that, uh, you know, you may not be thinking of like rubbish removal and things like that, that can be really lucrative uh, and pretty simple. And with, you know, something like rubbish removal, you know, I've had jobs where they might have a whole bunch of clutter that's in their garage um, that they've cleaned out the house and their basement or something like that. They put it all in the garage. They want you to take it to the dump. Well, you know, even if the weather's nasty, you pull up to the garage, the garage is open, you're just loading your truck, uh, loading your trailer, then you're taking a nice uh, warm ride in your truck to the city dump. Uh, and depending on the type of dump or transfer station, you know, you may be inside, you may be outside, uh, and uh, you're just unloading that stuff uh, pretty quickly, uh, and then you're on your way, and you've just, uh, you know, collected a paycheck for that day. So a lot of different things, if you guys are, you know, thinking about that, it can be stressful, um, you know, worrying about that money uh, throughout the winter, especially if you haven't uh, planned properly, uh, but there is always stuff that you can do. Um, window cleaning is another one um, where, uh, you know, that's something you can do where, you know, I heard, um, I think it was uh, one of the Keith Kalfas videos where he would talk about, um, I think, where, 
you know, come wintertime, he couldn't use water anymore because it would freeze. So he started using um, windshield washer fluid uh, because it has alcohol in it. Um, and uh, spraying that on the windows because you don't have to worry about it freezing. And he would use that to clean uh, uh, the window. So lots of different ways to think uh, and get yourself um, going. Uh, another one that I know that you can do before uh, sort of the deep freeze happens, if your lawns are already done, is pressure washing. You know, I know a guy here that is always pressure washing out this time of year because the lawns are done and it's raining all the time anyways. Well, he's like, I'm already getting wet. So what's the difference if, I, if I'm pressure washing? Uh, so he starts doing all his uh, pressure washing jobs that customers have been asking for uh, and he'll have it all done and and kind of gets a step forward uh, on spring because they don't have to they're not all lined up during the springtime for him to do uh, you know they're all nice and clean for the uh, Christmas break and all that sort of stuff so hopefully that guy that gives you guys uh, some ideas on some jobs that you can do uh, in the off season to keep your income steady uh, keep it going um, and uh, you know just provide some um uh, inspiration for you guys to sort of think out of the box if you are, uh, you know, the type that, uh, uh, you know, would really like to keep uh, working uh, and keep doing just, um, you know, keep in mind those um, insurance and liability issues that I uh, pointed out there. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, if it's, uh, you know, in your comfort zone to do something or maybe just even outside your comfort zone, as long as it's not, um, you know, something like I say, that liability risk is is what you want to uh, always weigh, whether it's the liability of somebody getting hurt from something you've done, whether it's snow removal or, um, for example, you know, you may be, um, maybe you're like me, like, uh, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with uh, electrical and wiring and stuff in my own house, uh, and I can uh, change out lights. I've uh, added extra electrical plugs in areas. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, even, uh, wired my garage for 220 and all that sort of stuff. Um, and never had an issue with any of it, but would I do it for a client in their own house? No, because number one, my insurance wouldn't cover me for that, uh, because I've got insurance based on a gardening company. And, you know, if something were to happen that, uh, it may be something I didn't think of because I'm not a trained electrician and, you know, that house burnt down, uh, or somebody got hurt, um, you know, those are the types of liabilities you got to think about when you're taking on jobs that aren't, uh, in your normal wheelhouse. Um, so whether, like I said, it's snow removal and you're thinking about, okay, well, you know, what are the effects of this if I mess up? Um, all the way to uh, doing something like gutter cleaning or Christmas lights and the liability of you getting hurt, uh, maybe falling off a ladder or something like that and weighing those risks and adjusting um, your, um, you know, comfort zone to that like I did with, you know, when I was younger doing higher heights and higher houses for Christmas lights and stuff. And then as I got older and, um, you know, joints getting more sore and knees and things, I'm like, you know what, I don't want to be going, you know, up a ladder that high anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll just stick to doing single story houses now, uh, and that sort of thing. So like I said, hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode and got some value, uh, from it. Um, don't forget to uh, check out my YouTube channel and subscribe to that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you haven't already joined the mailing list, I haven't talked about that in a long time. 
um, you know, you can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com. There's the join mailing list at the top and bottom. Uh, and uh, as most of you guys know who are on the mailing list, I don't spam you guys. I don't send you a million emails, um, you know, throughout the year as the winter comes. I may start uh, uh, trying to utilize the mailing list for sending you guys out more information or sending you out um, more documents. Um, like uh, when you join the mailing list, you get access to the uh, eight-page lawn maintenance um contract PDF. Uh, and then uh, once you're in the system there uh, and I send out a, a newsletter, there's also then then access to uh, a late payment letter that you can use for clients who uh, may be behind on payment. Uh, it's a letter that I've used on my own clients uh, back in the past before I was doing credit card, uh, uh, payments for everybody. Um, but yeah, things like that, but uh, rest assured, it's not like, uh, uh, getting, uh, you know, an email every day or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, available for you guys as well. So, uh, that's it for this week. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.